Today is October 24th, 2021. We are reading from the big book of AA, page, starting with page 31, up to and including the last paragraph on page 31 that goes to 32. Arlene will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Noreen Kay. Arlene? Good morning, everyone. I'm Arlene, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Florida. More about alcoholism. <clears throat> Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals usually brief were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, of period, we get worse, never better. We're like men who have lost our legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there's been brief recovery followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they are in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is showing inability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we've tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people. Here are some of the methods we've tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we can increase the list ad infinitum. We do not like to pronounce any individual an alcoholic, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. 
Step over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Try to drink and stop abruptly. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you're honest with yourself about it. It may be worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. Thank you, Arlene. Uh, now I would like to introduce the speaker, Noreen Kay, who will share on the, the pages that were just read. Noreen? Hi, everybody. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I'm going to set my timer in, but could you give me like a five minute warning, somebody? Um, yes, yes, we will. Okay, so because I, I don't want to think about it. Um, so my name is Noreen Kay. I'm from South Florida. I, um, I'm very happy. I'm a, I'd like to say that I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater, um, which is a new saying for me to say. I was in another step, 12-step program for food, um, and we called ourselves something different. And it was a much different program, and um, I probably have to get into that a little bit too, but um, I just really want to say thank you, and I just think it's a God thing that the, this um, part of the text was chosen because I have almost highlighted the whole thing <laughs> at another step thing. So um, it really relates to me, um, and I hope that whatever I share can help somebody. I'm very nervous. This is the first time I've ever shared on Zoom for this long. I'm not looking at myself, so I, I can't look at myself while I'm talking to other people because I'll be judging myself the whole time. Um, so I'm glad there's capability to not look at yourself. Um, so a little bit about my story. I, I was the kid, I'm one of six kids. I'm Irish Catholic. I'm from New York. We moved down to Florida when I was 10. I'm the fourth out of six. And um, my dad was an alcoholic and he was the type that you cannot deny. It wasn't like we had to go through and figure it out. We all knew. Um, his dad was an alcoholic. His dad was an AA. My dad isn't, was an alcoholic. My brother was an alcoholic. You know, all the cousins, everybody. And um, so I was at my mom, major codependent. And, um, and that's really what I am too. And I'm people pleaser and all that that goes along with it. And the clown of the family. And it's just typical. It's like you looked up alcoholism and typical family dynamics. Everybody had, uh, you know, everybody was the, one was a hero. One was a scapegoat. We were, ex I mean, they could have done, um, we were the, that family. Nobody could deny it. And, um, and we're real close because we're very um, intermeshed, which is not really healthy. Even to this day, um, I'm 60 years old and, you know, I have to really watch if my mom doesn't approve of certain things. It's, well, we might get in trouble, you know, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, I'm telling you that just because I think that might have something to do with how these kind of things develop or, or whatever. I, and it doesn't even matter where you come from. You could, and I had, a, I, I consider myself a pretty happy um, family, even though it was like this. We, you know, my dad didn't get sober till he was 24. And on, till I was 24, he was in his fifties. So the first thing he gave me when he was in years sober was a big book 
And in the front of it, he, he wrote, um, if you practice these principles in all of your affairs, you will be happy, joyous, and free. And I'm like, really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a book about you and I'm gonna be choice, happy and free. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now it's all about you again. So, so the big book, I never even opened it. I never even, until I, I, till I got into um, the fellowship that I was in previously. And really the way we read it was that we never studied it. It was just an assignment. And anyway, enough about that. Moved down here when I was 10. Um, and I was the kid that was at the table and I had to sit at the table because I wouldn't eat my food. Um, I didn't like food. I, I was forced to eat it. I was all I liked. I mean, I liked cookies and I liked peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I was running around all the time and just, you know, that was it. Like, I never really thought about food. I never really thought about my weight, nothing. Until we moved to Florida and I got weighed. A, a fifth grade teacher uh, weighed us I guess for PE or something. And I weighed 10 pounds more than my friend. And he mentioned that I was thicker than her. And I was like, had an athletic body, whatever. It was like a tomboy. And I never even knew that. And I'm like, so I, right then, then I knew I, she was better than me, that every, if you had to be skinny. And I also kind of got that from my mom too, because my two older sisters, had weight problems and they were on Weight Watchers early. And I remember her talking to the neighbors saying, um, oh, this one, I don't have to worry about her. She's just a little peanut. I don't have to worry about her. But she was always, they were always concerned about my sis, my other two sisters. So anyway, I think I had that message. And as, as time goes on, I can even hear my mom today asking me about my weight and different things and always talking about it. And yeah. And that was always a negative thing to be overweight. I knew that. Anyway, so really my story is most about my weight obsession and my, uh, my looks and trying to um, be judged by that. Like if, and, and, and I remember actually thinking, I'm never, I'm not always going to be the prettiest one in the room, but I could be the I'm the funniest one. I could be, you know, I can have the best personality. I'm the one with the best personality and I will be the, you know, and I remember like thinking about it. So weird. Anyway, when you do all these step studies, you, you know, you get like reflecting on things. Anyway, so the food became a problem for me. It really was a problem for me, but I didn't know it. It was more like my weight. And then I guess it was really my weight and my looks was a problem for me. And then I, I based everything on that. And then when I got married and I, my husband asked me, how much do I weigh? Just, I mean, I weighed 130 pounds at the time. And I, I was ready to get a divorce over it. I mean, it was our first fight because he asked me, how much do I weigh? And I why? I'm not good enough. Why are you asking me? You know, I, I went into this whole thing about it. So ridiculous. And then um, as time went on, I got pregnant and I had always been on a diet. I was always limiting myself. I had always felt only in control. And in these pages, I feel like it's all about control, how you're trying to control things. And that's what I did. And when I got pregnant, it was like license to 
well, you couldn't eat the diet foods because it would be bad for the baby. So I had to eat the regular ice cream. I had to eat regular stuff. And I gained 60 pounds with my first baby and with all of them, except, yeah. And uh, I just remember every night, Dave, my husband and I going and getting a blizzard and it started out with a little one and ended up, we always had to get the large. And as t- after the baby, I, ha- I took the weight off right away because I started doing slim fast or whatever. Like that, that was my only thing. I ca- Even when I was having the baby, listen to this. I, the only thing I cared about was, are they going to weigh me at the doc? Are they going to weigh me at the hospital in front of my husband? Is he going to know how much I weigh? And that was, I did not care about the pain of labor. I did not care about the health of my baby. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I just didn't want him to know how much do I weigh. And to my shock, um, I mean, I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to tell him in kilograms because my husband won't be able to figure it out. Or I'll even use stones so he won't be able to know the number. That's how obsessed I was about the number. At one point at that, when I was ready to deliver the baby, I was, I was like, I was going to get, the, I was, I was in, I was two days in labor. It was kind of a big thing. The anesthesiologist from the, from the, um, the door of the room asked me, how, how much do you weigh? And I was like, <laughs> and all, everybody was in the room. And I said, look at me. I'm, I'm enormous. Give me the maximum dose. Check the chart. Like I would not even utter it. Like it was. It's ridiculous. Now I, I know how ridiculous it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. So in any event, my husband never asked again, how much do I weigh? <laughs> anyway, um, so I could get the weight off, dieting, dieting, but I was always obsessed with it. What am I going to do next? Uh, I'll do slim fast for this day. I'll do this. But as time went on, um, you know, I, I, I was always um, a little bit heavier than I wanted to be. I always, you know, I never was happy with myself. I was always doing a new exercise thing. I would, unless I was on something intense, I could not be comfortable with myself. I could not. And as what happened was my disease progressed. And I mean, I remember like in college too, like uh, we were, after we were with the boys and we ate early, ate early, um, dinner at the um, college, I'd run down and we'd get like, you know, basically blizzards and every night. And I think I had a fast metabolism because I could get away with a lot of stuff I did. But there were times in college that I didn't, I remember one day time I didn't eat for four days. So just stuff like that. Long story short, um, that's like been an obsession. And I had, um, after my fourth baby, my dad and my sister were in a, um, a food program for step food and they, I lost all this weight. So I'm like, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I joined the, the, um, I, I joined, oh, this, I joined, um, it's FA. I joined and, um, I did whatever they told me to do. No, I didn't. That's a lie. I followed the food plan. (laughs) I didn't do everything they told me to do because I, I had, you know, four little kids and I, I, I had to go to three meetings a week. You had to do all this. And it wasn't, um, you could not even speak at the meeting unless you had 90 days of abstinence. So, uh, you know, I, the weight just fell off me because I was on this, the strictest plan. And I thought I was hot, hot shit. I mean, I was 
skinnier than I had ever, I was back to my high school weight. And, um, and then I, I made a mistake and I, I casually had like a granola bar, which was not on our thing. And I don't even like that. And so I said, shit, if I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat what I really like. So then I just binged. Then I called my sponsor and then, then, you know, she's like, well, now you have to go to more meetings. Now you have to do this. Now you have to do that. And I have to start back over. And I have to, and I said, I have to get this. I know what I'm doing. I'll just do the food plan, which I did for a long time. And it was fine. I, I lost, I, of course I gained a little weight, but it was okay. As time goes on, as time goes on, the, the ice cream at night is my way to soothe. Um, I, I'm controlling the kids all day long. I'm the disciplinarian. I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the mom of everything. I'm also a nurse. And, uh, you know, I would be the one uh, at night. My husband and I would just, instead of like somebody would have a glass of wine, I have a bowl of ice cream. But what it was turning into, it was like, I couldn't stop eating it. And it wasn't just ice cream. It was like cookies and ice cream. It was all these concoctions. And it was, you know, um, every night, you know, every night I, I have to have more. And it turned out, so like having like four bowls of ice cream at one point and, and then just hating myself hating myself. Every night I would be in the, I always have to take a bath at night. I get on my phone, look up the latest diet I need to go on. So getting back to this tech, long story short, I've been in and out of the rooms of a different food program and it was all just to lose weight. I never knew what my problem was. And I was pretty into it about it. I only been in a vision and OA for one year. Before that time, um, I was doing a step study um, because I was still searching because the first two times I was in FA and I ended up leaving because I lose the weight and I didn't need the thing anymore. And I actually didn't, I didn't like the program. I was like in the group of people that are in the program that we were kind of in the back of the room saying, uh, this sucks, <laughs> you know, but we have to do it because we're so afraid to gain weight. You know, we're just so afraid to gain weight. And half the people, we had to make three phone calls. Half the people would call me and say, hey, I can't talk. This is my call. I'm just telling my You know, we didn't, it was ridiculous. We were like in trouble all the time. So the last time I joined FA, I, I, I started looking into like the 12 step. Why am I not doing the 12 steps? Why? So it had to be a special way to do the 12 steps. You couldn't do it in the rooms. You had to do it. And it had to be, there were so many things. It didn't go by the big book. It was, it was like, it, oh, if you miss two meetings, then you're out of it. If, you know, you could have had an emergency if it was two meetings or, yeah, it was a lot of rules and it didn't, I didn't really get anything out of it. So I, but I kept searching and we talking in the rooms and I, I got on a step study and, and it was like, the, I know you guys, know like Herb K probably and Bruce this guy Bruce was doing it and I did it with him and what happened was I started understanding a little bit about the big book and how it really um I mean how amazing it is and how my problem was in there and how you know the thing about you know I thought I was successful because I could stop eating and do these things, I do the diet or whatever, but I always restarted. But so that's not a success, you're always restarting. And the whole goal I thought was to be abstinent. I didn't know the goal. I didn't know my life was unmanageable. I thought I had it going on. 
I thought everybody else had problems. I compared myself to the five minutes. It's already five minutes. Yeah. I wanted to give you a five minute warning. Yep. Oh my God. I didn't even talk about the text and I thought I was going to have so much more time. Long story short, the recovery is this. I got to find out that my problem wasn't my weight. It wasn't my food. It was me. I, and my problem was my life and that I used this. And the answer was to eat, to calm down because I had so much. And also my problem was I had a physical allergy because I would eat food and I would, I, I couldn't stop. And one of the things I want to tell you is in the, the other thing I was in, I was eating um, artificial sweetener, like gum. Like I, I ate so much gum. My jaw was killing me. Like, cause I had, couldn't have anything. I didn't want to gain weight. So I had, I had mint chocolate chip gum. I had the lemon gum. It like, so when I found out the ingredients, not just doing what somebody else's plan was for me, um, that when I gave up those things, I didn't have the craving. And what I know Kim G has said it before, I'm happily abstinent. And I'm also, I'm happily not um, concerned about my weight. I'm not, because I, I made that scale my God. And I, and it, it's not that, I mean, I'm 60 years old and I can't believe how much my life has, how much brain, how much time I, I, I spent thinking about my weight and measuring myself against that. Anyway, I don't know if that has helped anybody. I don't know, but I will tell you, like I could, um, I could definitely compare myself out of these things. I, you know, I never wanted to be, um, I, I don't want anything wrong with me. I never got up there in the room and say, I'm happily a food addict. I'm happily, no, but now I am. And I will tell you this. I used to see these old people getting up in the room and I would say, oh my God, lady, give it up. If you're over 85, you can bring, you eat a cookie, who cares? But now I understand I'm not, I don't want to eat those foods because I don't want that reaction. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to be upset every time I put on clothes. I don't want a snap at my kids. And from my recovery, um, I noticed that I'm a lot more calm I'm, I have a high energy anyway. I've got a cold right now, but I I I I um I run fast. I'm, I do everything fast, and uh, I'm a lot I'm a lot more accepting of other people. And um, I mean, I'm not great, but I will tell you, I do my quiet time. I do I do step eleven, and I love it. Before I didn't, and I was a religious person, and I and now I have a much deeper relationship. So my goal in this, in this, in my life is to become closer to God and to serve others. So this program is perfect for that. And um, anyway, I just feel like I thank God that I was always a seeker. And, and I think that this is an inspired book. And I, I, I thank all of you. I, I hope I could help somebody. And um, thank you for letting me share that. And with that, I pass.